Before we get started, I have an important message. If you're on Medicare or about to be, you don't want to go it alone. And you don't want to just call the first guy who sends you a postcard. My husband did that, and he wound up with some bad advice that costs us a penalty each month that will never go away. So what can you do? Contact one of our member experts by going to certifiedmedicareagents.com and searching your state for an agent. You'll be able to look through our member agents and read about them. Then you can reach out to the agent or broker you select directly through the site. Now, one thing you should know is other sites who do this sell your information to 15 or more agents so you can get hundreds of unwanted phone calls. Not so with CertifiedMedicareAgents.com. You'll only be contacted by one agent, and if there is a problem, I may personally reach out to you, but generally you will only hear from the one agent you select. So head on over there right now before you forget and find a qualified and certified agent that can help you today. Now, let's start our program. Welcome back to the Rock Your Retirement Show. I'm your host, Kathy Klein, and today I'm so excited because I have a co-host with me. His name is Rocky Lolvani, and I actually was on his show when he first started it. And his show is called Richer Soul. So some of you that follow me know that I've recently moved from San Diego to South Carolina. I'm not sure when this show is going to be aired, but we are currently recording at the beginning of February. So if I make mistakes, it's because I don't have my normal things with me. And I'm a guy and a gal that needs my things. So Rocky is going to be co-hosting with me for the next four episodes. And so Rocky, welcome to the Rocky Retirement Show. I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me today. Oh, well, you know, it's so interesting to see how your show has changed over the last, um, when did you start your show? I started it in January of 2017, so we are going into the third year. Wow, it, it really, I'm so excited to see that, um, that you are doing the show. And you know that I don't really talk about money, but a couple of weeks ago, I was listening to one of the money shows that I listened to, and wow, there you were on it. And it was, I believe it was Choose FI. I was on Choose FI. That was a lot of fun to get a chance to talk with uh, Brad and Jonathan. That is really cool. So for my listeners, I, I know that I don't talk about money on this show, but there is a movement with mostly, I would say, millennials. Would you say it's mostly millennials, Rocky? I think it's across the board. I think they probably make up a large portion of their listenership, but when you look across the board, it it spans generations. I think there's a lot of FI people who just called it something different before. Okay. So just so to clear it up, I'm talking about the FIRE movement. And FI is the first part of FIRE. FI stands for financially or financial independence. And then RE is retire early. Well, not everybody in that movement actually wants to retire 
So, so anyway, I just find it really interesting. So one of the shows, the show that Rocky was on is called Choose F.I. And it's a fascinating show. I love listening to it. So check it out if you, you know, if you haven't listened to it before. So Rocky, you and I are going to be talking about some non-financial topics. What's the first topic that we're going to talk about in this episode? So this one's based on an article in the New York Times called Bringing Older Americans Back into the Fold. And it kind of falls into that. What exactly is retirement and what does it mean to retire? And do you really want to retire in the true sense of the word, I guess? And we'll link to that article um, that, that we're talking about. You know, when I read it, I was noticing that I agree with a lot of what the author was talking about. You know, just the other day, my husband and I were at a meeting for our um, for our little community inside the larger Sun City community, and they had a speaker. This was the first time we went to one of these they're called neighborhood meetings, and they had the superintendent of schools to talk to us. Well, Les warned me before I moved here that the schools in South Carolina were not good. <laughs> I kind of blew it off. I'm like, oh, yeah, how bad can they be? Let me tell you, Rocky, I was appalled at what the superintendent had to say. I was just shocked. And so one of the things that I was thinking is everybody in Sun City should adopt a classroom and take that classroom from the beginning of the school to the end and just help the teacher out, do whatever, you know, read to the students. What do you think about that, Rocky? So I think a lot of people have a lot of different thoughts on education, and I'm probably way out there in the sense that I think even if you think you're in a great school district, I'd beg to differ that you aren't teaching skills for the next generation. You're teaching skills for our generation and those older than us, and that's a major problem. Right, but when kids can't read or do math, there's a problem. There is a problem, but... Again, that problem probably starts in the home. We taught our kids to read. We taught our kids basic math long before they hit kindergarten. And that's why you and I need to volunteer in the schools. <laughs> and I spent a lot of time in my kid's school. I Most of what I did was more so, you know, coaching soccer or I, I, I run a robotics club for the, the kids. So I'm there and I'm, I'm doing that kind of stuff. Are your kids out of school already? My daughter is in her first year of college, mm -hmm. and my son is a junior in high school, but we yanked him out of school. We yanked my daughter out of school, too, in their junior year of high school, and we homeschooled them for the last two years. So my son is actually, technically, he's homeschooled, but what he's doing is taking all his classes at a local community college. Okay. And then is he getting double credit? One for college and one for high school? That is correct. And so they get double credit and they're learning life skills and they're learning how to be adults while still being at home. And so it it lets them launch off much earlier into life than that's, they could otherwise. That's awesome. Now, most of my listeners don't have kids at home. You know, they're, I would say, average age is probably 62 maybe, although it's, I'm learning that it's across the board. I do have some listeners in the in their 50s, but certainly I would be surprised if I had any 40-year-old listeners. 
So for us, for people my age, what do you think, you know, going getting back to the article, basically he was saying that we need to bring the two generations together, the older and the younger, right? That's correct. So most of your listeners may have grandkids. And so they've got that that they can work with their grandkids and, and have fun. And for me, I think being around younger people makes me feel younger. And I, I think that's even more true as you age. If you're in your 70s and 80s and you're hanging around with young people, you tend to be younger and, and more hip. As a matter of fact, there was a study that was once done. I think they took people in their 80s. And what they did was they recreated life like it was when they were 50. So they, they literally put them in a house that looked like their house would have been when they were in their 50s. The only thing on TV was shows that would have been on when they were 50. And all of the reading material was from that time period and the, the furniture and everything. So they literally were putting them back 30 years in time. And what they found is just within a week, those people were walking straighter, able to do more, felt younger. It was because they were in an environment where they were young again. Wow. And That's pretty cool. And I think the same thing. There are studies where they take nursery schools and they put them into nursing homes. And so you see the elderly and the young come together and it's just a phenomenal experience for both sides because the elderly have the time to sit there and listen to the stories and tell stories that most of us who are busy and running around don't have the time to do. And, and they do, and it makes them feel younger. And I think that we used to live generationally in our family. We had three generations living in our house all together for years until my wife's mother passed away. So I think we've lost that as a society, but in most societies, people do live multi-generationally. The elderly aren't put out to pastures, so to speak. You know, they're still a vital part of the family. Where did we come up with the idea in the United States that when you get old, you're supposed to be shipped off? So I think there's a couple different things that came for that. Number one is a profit motive. The whole idea of retirement was somewhat profit-driven and somewhat power-driven. If you have a bunch of people in their 70s running an area or a business or a town, and you've got young people who want to take over, the only way to do that is to get rid of the old people. <laughs> and so the best way to get rid of old people is to convince them that they should retire and, and at, go... At Del Webb, in a 55 yeah. and older community where I live. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so that forces them out so that the young people, and that was literally how retirement came to be. So I think that's that's a big part of it. The other thing is this whole American independence thing. You have to do it yourself. You have to stand on your own. And I think you put those two things together and that's what happens. Wow. You know, and there are some other countries that are that are doing sort of what we're doing, but I think you're right. I think a lot of the other countries besides the United States are more intergenerational than we are, you know, here. I don't know what the solution is, but so let's say you're not in a nursing home, you're not in assisted living, you know, let's say you're still young, you're 60, you're 70, you're still vital. What can you do? What 
whatever you want. I mean, think about it. You, you are now at a point in your life where you've got a lifetime of wisdom. If you're smart enough to keep up your health, and we're going to talk more about that in some of the later episodes, and you've, you've done your job right to have money, and even if you don't have a ton of money, if you've got Social Security, whatever it is, if you have enough money and time freedom, you can do whatever you want. I mean, I think when I was growing up, if you wanted to learn something, information was gold. It was very difficult to, to even learn how to do something. Today, I can learn anything and everything I want on YouTube. There are so many colleges that offer free classes on the Internet or many colleges allow you to go and take classes as a senior citizen for free. The world is at your fingertips. How are you going to mix with generations? Just go do it. Like, I, I like if you have no idea where to even start, like where where would you get this mix? I, I think so. There's the learning part. So if you want to learn what young people are doing, go hang out where young people are and just sit and watch and listen. And I think once you're immersed in a society, then you start to figure stuff out. Where are the young people? I don't know where the young people are. Where are they? They're everywhere. Should Follow I go to them. a bar? Where should I go? <laughs> well, young. I guess it depends what is a young person. So is a young person somebody in their early 20s or is a young person a five-year-old? Is a young person a 12-year-old? I think you need to sit down first. And if you haven't taken the time in your life to evaluate what it is that you truly want out of life, like what's your mark and, and how do you want to give back? then figure that out first and say, you know, I want to work with really young people. I want to work with teenagers. I want to work with 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds. If you want to work with 20 and 30-year-olds, most towns have a, a young professional society. You're allowed to join it. Most of them don't have age barriers. And because you're probably one of the handful of older people there, you automatically become the icon that everyone kind of looks towards. And I think you'll also learn, and one of the things I've learned, people don't change. The world may change, and we may have iPhones today, but people are still the same over thousands of years. So just nothing's changed except the cool lingo they use and the devices that they look at, right? Everything else, we're the same. Just go out and and explore. I was have talking fun. with a client a couple days ago, and she's 79 years old. And she and I were talking about this very issue, you know, what she wanted to get more active. You know, she had recently had a setback, was in the hospital, can't really get out much right now. But she said as soon as she heals, she wants to do something for the younger kids, you know, like the five, six, seven-year-olds. And so we were talking about that, and she decided that she's going to volunteer at her library. They have a reading program where you come in and read to the kids. And so that's going to be her way of being around the children and giving back. So is this kind of what you're talking about? And that's, that's one idea. You can go back and you can do that. There's a lot of smaller private schools or even public schools. If they'll let you in, you go in and you read to kids there. Absolutely. Find, find the opportunities. I think you have to figure out what you want. And there's a million opportunities out there. Everyone's so busy. They need help. That's and if true. you're free help, especially if you're free help, they're more than happy to take you. And within your own communities, you may have uh, churches and they may have youth groups. 
they're always looking for people as well. Everyone's looking for help. You just have to make the connection. That's true. That is so true. I want to talk more about this article, though. There's something in here. Sorry about the uh, paper rustling. There's something in here that I take issue with. So I wanted to, we only have about five minutes, but I just wanted to um, take the, the other side <laughs> of this article. So I'm going to read this to you. It says, we were social animals to begin with. You go back to the early days of human history and anthropologists have shown that the critical ingredients in us developing the larger brains that set us apart was the role that grandparents played, particularly grandmothers in nurturing children. I thought that when you go way back to the beginning of time, I don't know how far back he's talking about, but I'm thinking caveman days, people didn't live to be grandparents. So what do you think about that, Rocky? And I think it, I, I don't know. I, I think what you, you see are stats that are misconstrued. So, for example, in the old days, if 100 people were born, 10 might live to old age. A lot of other people might succumb to disease and to things that we can now cure. But I think people did still live longer, at least in the last few hundred years. Right, last in the last four, few, 500 but I'm thinking years. caveman. I don't think they lived beyond 40 much. Well, but think about it. Back then, they were probably having kids at 13 and 14 and 15. That's so, true, maybe, you know, yeah. at 30, they you probably were a were grandparent. grandparent. <laughs> you do have a point, Rocky. You absolutely have a point. Okay, so you set me straight. Absolutely. Okay, well, tell the listener where they can find you in case they want to listen to you without me, without my bubbly presence. <laughs> so if you'd like to listen to me and to many of the wonderful guests I have, like Kathy, uh, it's Richer Soul. And you can find me on any of your podcast apps or just go to richersoul.com and all the latest episodes are there. You can listen online. How many, do you know how many, you said you've been doing it, what, three years now? I think we just released around episode 110. So it's, is it, so it's like a weekly show, right? Not. Yes, it's one, it's one episode per week and each episode is about an hour long. Okay. Yeah. My episodes in the beginning were all over the place, but now I'm trying to keep them between 20 and 30 minutes, just about the time of a commute. Oh, that. Well, most of your people are retired. They should have all the time in the world to just sit and listen to you all day. Oh, I don't know about that. I would say a lot of a lot of the listeners are not currently retired. But anyway, Rocky, thanks so much for coming on. Do you want to let the listener know what we're going to be talking about next week? We're going to be talking about lifting weights and why older people should do it. Awesome. Why I need I, I need this episode, Rocky. So I am waiting on the edge of my seat because I'm currently not lifting weights. I've been kind of a, you know, lazy. Although, unless you count lifting boxes as lifting weights because I have been doing that. So I'm looking forward to our episode next week. And listener, I hope you are too. Rocky, thanks so much for coming on the show with me today. And um, for the listener, we'll see you next time on Rock your retirement.